you want to learn more about effective management, head over to madsingers.com and sign up for my free management training. Welcome to the Mad Singers Management Podcast from madsingers.com, where entrepreneurs and business managers learn and share. If you like the show, don't forget to leave a review. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Today, I'm joined by none other than Donald Kelly. Welcome, Donald. Oh, Matt, thanks so much for having me, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate it a lot. And I'm super grateful to be able to be here and share some wisdom with the audience. Fantastic. Fantastic. Now, Donald, believe it or not, there's people around the planet who don't yet know who you are. Would you mind what? doing a little bit of an introduction? So yeah, man. Get to know. No, no, no. I would. I, I know that a lot of people don't know about me and that's totally fine, guys. So my name is Donald Kelly. I run an organization known as the Sales Evangelist. Uh, we started a podcast back in 2013. Yeah, um, there were podcasts back then and it just grew. I was a software sales rep that was doing really well. I started sharing what was working for me. And as a result of that, I started getting coaching opportunities, speaking opportunities and started consulting with companies and it grew our consultancy. So now we have a 14 individual team, and we do consulting and sales training. Most of our clients come through our sales training programs. We run cohorts or workshops, and they sign up and come through one of those programs. And we also do one-on-one coaching after they go through things like that. And um, we also have TSC Studios, which is a podcast production studios, because we were doing it so well, people started asking us if we could produce shows for them. So we have a second, our productive studio, production studio um, produces that for some of our clients. Um, so I run the Sales Evangelist and TSC Studios. Perfect. That sounds like a lot of fun. It is. It is. The moment it gets boring, that's when I stop doing it. And it hasn't been boring yet. So <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. So sales training. So who are typically your clients, Donald? Like, is it mostly entrepreneurs or who's typically your, your clients when it comes to sales training? We get a mix, a mix of everything. Um, but I would say the most people that we focus our marketing efforts on are for sales reps and sales leaders, um, medium size and, you know, and so forth, bigger companies. However, a segment of our, of our community, people that we have served is also small business owners and entrepreneurs because I fell in that category and a lot of people that I started to speak with and work with were in that category and I knew some of the struggles. So we have clients in that area, probably say about, a, you know, if we were going to say numbers wise, probably about the 20% compared to the 80% the other. And a lot of these entrepreneurs, they, it's the same struggle that they face. They, they're the main uh, breadwinner, so to speak, for the business. They're the ones that go out and do the pep rally. They're the ones that are closing the deals. And eventually they get to a point where they're like, you know, I need help to be able to do that better. So I coach them or I help them, you know, consult with them. And I, an, an example came last week, one of our uh, new clients, they, they've been in a situation where they were selling, but now the sales leader doesn't, the business owner don't want to do the selling. So she's transitioning out of that role and having other individuals, but it's hard for her to take everything she has in her head and create processes. So we go in as a consultant and help them create the sales process when they're small business owners or entrepreneurs. Um, and then some of those people come through some of our workshops as well, where they can learn and grow and improve their selling skills. So hopefully that makes sense. Sounds very familiar, and I think uh, most entrepreneurs at some point when they grow their business go through that cycle because typically for most entrepreneurs at least, uh, you have to learn to sell at least the (laughs) basics, right? Uh, Because else, else there's no money coming in. So, Yeah, I mean, I think that's where sometimes people try to pawn that part off. And no matter where you go, how big you get, 
you are still the main salesperson for your organization, whether that's selling your team on what they need to do and the vision so that they can go out and talk to the prospect. Or even if you're doing the things like this, like, you know, I go on podcasts and I'm the, the cheerleader for the organization. People see me. That's in some form selling. And usually that leads to opportunities where um, if I'm speaking at a conference or whatnot, people might ask me and want to learn about our company. You got to be your salesperson. And no matter who you are, you must be a seller um, if you're a business owner. Totally agree. Totally agree. Yeah. So, Donald, before we kicked off, we were talking a little bit about time management and so on. And that's something that you guys have focused a lot on. So do you want to share a little bit about what you've been doing and, and what you've come up with here in the pandemic? Yeah. Let's talk about the problem with that, man. Like uh, one of the big pr- uh, challenges that, and I'm speaking about stuff that I've seen, right? I, I sometimes even on a day-to-day basis, like I write down or I might have in my head, like I have a bunch of things that I want to get accomplished. Maybe it's like, you know, 25, 30 things that as a business owner, and that's probably being a little conservative on that number, but you know, you have all these things, you wake up and you're like, okay, I want to accomplish all of these things today. Now, what tends to happen is that you get pushed with the fires. So you, all of a sudden you're working throughout your days, you have these 30 things in your head. You may write down some of them, that you remember to write down. And then you have these fires that get starts blazing and, you know, clients have questions or things pop up. And then you obviously have those squirrels, like, you know, maybe there's a new, you get an email about this new uh, software that you can use in your business that can help life, make life easier. So you get pulled down these rabbit holes. And next thing you know, of the 30 things you have on your day scheduled, you only able to accomplish maybe like five or 10 of them really because all the distraction. And when you look back on the day, you feel so, you feel so overwhelmed that you didn't complete the things that you were supposed to. Now, tackle this on when you have a team and your teams are doing that. You have team members who maybe now in the pandemic are working from home and they also have the distraction of doing laundry, of going to the store, of the roofers coming over and uh, taking an estimate for the roof or the, you know taking out the trash. And in addition to that, doing and jumping on the Zoom meetings that are going back to back. And next thing you know, it feels like they're not getting the things accomplished. If what I'm saying making sense to anybody out there, just give me a, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Hopefully I heard a lot of people say, yeah, on that one, because it's, it's same, that same challenge. So what we've come to realize is there are several pieces. And I might go over several things with you. So top three things that we've seen in our company, and maybe give you a bonus one that's worked for us. Number one, we focus on doing the most important things. And, and, and that comes down to our team being efficient at planning. Now, the way that we do planning is a little bit unique right? Um, and maybe a lot of you do it as well, but let's go back to the checklist problem. M- many of us is we do the, we plan out everything, you know, we might write a bunch of checklists or we might have it in our head. Like these are things we want to do. The second best thing, you know, the next thing you might do is graduate from that level is that you write them out. So now you have 30 things written on a sheet of paper that I want to get accomplished or a note card that I'm going to accomplish today. Now, the big problem that we've seen with that when we did that internally is that you might write those things down, but they're not getting done on the calendar because there's no accountability in that. So we took it a step further. So we want people to write down the things that they must get accomplished, and then we categorize them. So that's probably the, the second thing. Not only making a plan, excuse me, I guess we keep this all in the first umbrella, but you're planning your day because you're writing out everything that you're doing, and then you categorize them according to the task. Now, this is important because sometimes we find that we are so bombarded or feel that we have so much to do when in actuality, we're doing things that we have no right doing. 
So go back as a business owner. If there are 15 or 30 things on my task today, I guarantee you as a business owner, there are probably half of those you can get somebody else to do. It doesn't require you to do that. And the moment when I got that, when it struck in my, when I, when I learned this, I was like, holy moly, this is genius. So go back to this thing. So now you, you write down all of your different tasks, let's say 30 tasks, and then you put them in your categories. And there's only a few categories that I recommend that you might have in your organization. But like for me, I know podcasting is important and I do podcasting on Monday. So I will put podcasting if there's going to be recording with Mads or recording my own intros or recording my episodes. Those are things that nobody can do. I have to do those, right? I don't have to schedule them. I just need to show up and make sure they're done and prepare myself so I can come and have a good conversation. Number two, I might have administrative tasks. Some of these things I do and some of the things I don't need to do. Like, for instance, I just had to cancel an orthodontist appointment today. I didn't need to do that. My executive assistants did. So she helped me and took care of that. But some of the admin tasks that I might need to do is review a proposal from a you know, potential partner that we're going to work with. And that's maybe something I need to take a peek at. So that's on my, one of my administrative tasks. And then maybe some of the things like uh, I might have other categories such as like you know, business development. Anything that I'm doing outreach towards a client, that's a business development task. I might do that. Marketing task, certain things that might need to be done for marketing that I might do. So I put it in that category and then you have like others and others I might put like in our team trainings or internal meetings and things of that nature and then the personal stuff. So maybe I do have to go to that orthodontist appointment that's on my day as one of my 30 things. So now all of those things, I have those five categories that, that I might have or six categories and every task will fall under one of those categories. Now, your categories may be different because you may do certain more tasks or maybe you don't have certain tasks that you, you have. You, have, you can pawn those off. Or like, say, for instance, in my case, sometimes it's client meetings. So if it's training for a client or doing a workshop, that falls under the client category, right? So all of the, so now every task that I'm doing, I can put um, I, the sturdy task, I put a category next to them and I put those categories there. And then the ones that I, as I look at that and I say, Matt, man, these 30 things on here, when I look at this, yeah, half of them, 15, I don't need to do. Can I get somebody else or other people on my team? And I just pawn those activities off. Now I just cut my day in half. And now I'm hyper-focusing on the things that matter the most. Of those 15 things that I'm doing today, which one of those things are the most difficult? And that's the one I tackle first. As I'm tackling those things, it makes my life so much easier. But then the, the addition, the caveat here is now that I know what task that I'm doing, the ones that I am supposed to do based on a category, the second piece is to put them on the calendar for a specific time period, because most people, when they have the, the, the task written down, it's beautiful and it's nice and all, but when you don't have that accountability, like I might say, at three, like if I have to go to a meeting or if I have the opportunity to meet with Matt today at 1 p.m., it can't change. It's 1 p.m. If it's another meeting that doesn't necessarily have a time, I might say, well, you know, fill out this application. I can, uh, I know I can do this throughout the day sometimes, so I'm going to do it. And next thing you know, it ends up as one of those things that don't get completed. But the key, though, is to put it on your calendar at a specific time period. So th that's like the big piece when it comes towards planning. The first, um, the first piece that I would uh, share with you, one of the things we're discussing internally, and I'll talk to you about the next one after a little bit. But I want to surface for some air here and to answer some questions that might come up, Matt. Totally. Yeah, I, I would totally agree with you. So I, I was a little bit in the beginning. Uh, I was like, at, at what point are you... Are you kind of surfing back? Because there's two key things with what you've said, right? Number one is actually doing the right things. Because I think a lot of the time, particularly when I work with entrepreneurs, they have these to-do lists of 50 tasks. And realistically, it's not even if they can pawn them off, but there's just a lot of stuff people do 
that ain't moving the needle. All right. So yeah. again, it's very, very important to understand like what is your priorities at the moment and make sure. So the way I look at it is if, if, if the priorities in, in my business right now is marketing, for example, I want to make sure that 70 to 80% of the things in my schedule, in my calendar is related to marketing. So it's really, Come on. I love that understanding your core priorities and making sure you do the right things. Because a lot of the time people are busy being busy but it's not necessarily what grows the business and and obviously delegating and all that is great however even with delegation there's things that maybe you shouldn't do and maybe no one else should do it because it shouldn't be done in the first place right so actually understanding the business priorities and, and where you're moving at at a point in time i think, I think is, is is extremely critical right Oh man, I, I think you're right there. Because I, I think as a business owner, you need to know, it's kind of difficult sometimes to push something off if you to someone if you don't know what is supposed to be done, right? So I, especially when you're starting off from the ground zero, you, it's like, go back to the sales idea. Like I, I do, I still do sales, but I do have my business development reps. But when I first started off, I was doing all of it. I was scheduling the appointments and I was closing. Now, fortunately, I have people that can work for me that can help to do some of those outreach. I get a chance to meet with those people and to close the deals because that's where I'm unique to the business. And my team is continuing to grow and develop and they're advancing and they're starting to close some of those deals on their own. But I, at the very beginning, I needed to know how to do that. I, and so once I did that, now I could ch- uh, tr- uh, train someone. Some of the things I don't, like when I ran the podcast, I was editing the podcast. I was producing the podcast. I was, um, you know, writing the show notes. I was creating the design artworks. I was, you know, trying to sell. I was doing all of that. But now, fortunately, I learned it. I understand what it's supposed to do. Worst case scenario, if something goes wrong, I could jump in and fix it, but I don't need to. So I, I totally agree with you there. Like some things you may be unique. And some of you may be great editors. And if that's the thing you want to do, go ahead, go edit, like just edit the shows if that's your thing. Um, and uh, if no one will, else in your team. I'll probably disagree a little bit here. So please, uh, when, when you grow the biggest businesses, the way you do that is by delegating things and delegating responsibilities that you don't know. All right. And yeah. generally sort of in the whole online business world, there's this misunderstanding in my opinion, that you have to figure out how to do something before you can hand it off to someone else. But I can promise you the CEO of IBM is not sitting figuring out what every individual in IBM is doing and handing it off to them. No, no, no. Agreed. I agree. I'm just saying like, if you're starting off like day one, you don't have that money, you don't have the capital, figure it out. Um, And then you can start, you know, handing that sucker off so you can know. But definitely like uh, when I started doing some of the things in my company, like my books, I didn't need to know how to do my books. I did understand like <laughs> I did understand how the money comes in and how the money goes out in the software, but I didn't I didn't need to learn Gap. I got my bookkeeper to learn that, but I did understand enough so I can keep myself abreast and up to date. But you're definitely right. I mean, I, I agree with that concept, but I think it's when you're starting off from ground zero, you have nothing. It's important that you understand at least how to function in those areas. Um because then you find, I mean, I've, I mean, I, I found people who have done things and push, like try to push money onto something and they didn't understand it themselves. And it's the end of the job, not getting done right. They wasted money hiring somebody. And it's like, you know, figure it out. Like if, but yeah, if you got IBM money, by all means, uh, shoot, I'm gonna get a talent to do that for me. <laughs> Delegate it. I, I, I think it's, it's more a question of, of the mindset, right? Yeah. Because the, the whole thing is that if, like, let's say you don't know how to build a website. Yeah. Now, the, the amount of time and effort it would take you to learn to build a basic website and do all sorts of basic things, 
just to be able to teach it to someone else is generally not a financially, like even when you have very little money, it's not a good investment of time in general, right? So, so it's more, for me, it's more the mindset that it's important that people understand that, you know, you can definitely get someone to do something, even if you don't understand it. Like, and like I did that when I started my podcast, like I literally found yeah. someone who had never heard of a podcast before. And I delegated the responsibility to her to be responsible for our podcast. Now, I did that because I didn't want to, like, it wasn't worth my time to sit down yeah. and figure it out, right? And I think, I, I get what you're saying with the beginning, but I think the whole problem that I have with it is the fact that people continue to do that throughout their business. Yeah. I'll, see, I'll see people who have 20 staff members who are still doing exactly the same thing. They're trying to figure everything out. And, and the problem is, in a, as a business owner, when you understand it all, all the question lands on your desk, yeah <laughs> and and that is not good <laughs> yeah yeah and i think it, it's in I, I love the idea you share that a mentality or the mindset behind it um and i i, I think there's in each situation perhaps maybe different you know what i mean but like, like so let's go back the very 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 beginning i created a a bit I, I needed to start something um did i need to create the website you're right. No. Um, but I wanted to get something launched off. So I played with WordPress at the time I want, I had the capability and I had the time and I wanted to learn it. I think it's back upon that sense. So I created a basic WordPress website and realized how it functions and that I suck at it. And then I paid somebody to do one when I came to that, like, you know, months later when I started making a little bit more change, or I came to the point where I was like, okay, I learned my lesson. I guess, you know, it's, it's, it's certain things that maybe you want to do that if, if that's the case, but it definitely shouldn't be up fast forward though. Cause I think we're both in the same camp. It's maybe like tomatoes, tomatoes, because once I did start um, getting to the point where I, it was hard financially to make the delegation decision with certain things because I'm like, man, I don't see a ton of money coming in. But once I did start making more delegation decisions on certain tasks that I did not want or I didn't know how to, the money started coming. And it was fascinating how that happened. Um, but yeah, anywho. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's exactly what you said here. And then it's important, right? Like, yeah. that particularly when starting a business, there's so many people that spent so much time in the initial phase because they they never get past that stage like they're afraid of investing and and i'm not saying being afraid of investing is is right or wrong but i'm saying often if you want to move ahead you have to go past that step right and you have to um particularly on things that you're not great at going <laughs> and actually doing some investment either to hire people who can teach you but in most cases again like my mindset is very much i would much rather hire someone who knows how to do it than learn it myself because yeah. from a time perspective even as a new business owner it's much better for my time and and having someone who, who's actually an expert in the field or someone who is let's say ahead of the game and compared to me right yeah 100 um i love it i love it awesome. so guys don't go uh don't go reinvent the wheel <laughs> but hopefully Definitely. my point made sense to you guys and and that you you know we're on the same page here with Matt. but don't don't waste a thing. I'll tell you the second website though was absolutely beautiful. And, uh, <laughs> and, and that's much, the key thing, right? Yeah. Like the, the, the whole thing is always too many people focus on the process instead of the outcome. 
Yeah. And a lot of the time they're they're busy figuring out like, oh, how to do it, what should I do, what should happening, instead of actually focusing on uh, you know, we need a website. I can either spend 400 hours learning it myself or I can pay someone 500 bucks or a thousand bucks or whatever to, to do something basic. So a, a lot of the time it's, it's that game. And in the beginning, it makes sense because people are, people are naturally very frugal in the beginning of a business right? yeah. because they're, they don't have a ton of money, but, but even early on, like again, like you can probably go pay someone a couple hundred bucks to get something very basic websites. Right. Sure. Now, if that means that you can then have another, I don't know, 100, 200 hours or something that you can actually spend trying to sell whatever you're trying to sell. Uh, again, that's that's a benefit, right? And, and yeah. in most cases, it will already at that point give you a much, much better ROI doing so. But it's still a scary decision at any point. Right? Yeah. But, but as a business owner, it's how you have to learn. And that, that's also when it comes down to prioritization, as we talked about earlier. It's yeah. the same thing. You, you need to just not just look at, oh, all this stuff needs to happen. Happen, but you really need to look at what are the key things. And and I I typically have two to three things on my to-do list each day. And I do that because I basically schedule in between three and four and a half hours a day. So I basically have three slots in my calendar at a max, and they're either one hour or one hour and a half. Amazing. Those three slots are dedicated to do either two or three very important tasks. Love it. And that whole thing is if you only have two or three things that you must do every day, right? My experience is one, you can do them. And two, what it does is it frees up my mind. Like I end up obviously doing a ton of smaller stuff as well, but I do that outside the most important things. All right. So when you're doing the most important two to three things every day, that you know is moving the business forward, then you still have plenty of time to fight some fires. You still have plenty of time <laughs> to check your email because I've seen so many people who literally schedule it out every half hour of their day. But the problem is they then don't plan time for fires. They don't plan time for emails. They don't plan time for some employee suddenly having a problem or something. And then it screws everything up. And then they're like, oh, I didn't get anything done. And they end up working, you know, a hundred hours a day and stuff like that, which, which, isn't effective. Well, you took my second point then. Um, this is from the book, 15 Secrets Successful People Know About Time Management. And it's Kevin Cruz. And it's something that we adopted. Kevin Cruz had, uh, in his book, he had quoted the CEO of LinkedIn and what, uh, forgot his name, what he was doing at the time. The CEO was that he was budgeting in one hour in the morning and one hour in the evening, in the afternoon for absolutely nothing. Like there was going to be or I think it was a one hour total per day or whatever, but it was, there's the time, whatever you, you want to break it up. But he did that. The w- concept that Kevin Cruz used was he took his calendar and put his calendar into 15 minute chunks. So then I might say it, it broke up his time towards that. So I might say two 15 minute chunks on my calendar. I'm dedicating to absolutely nothing as a buffer zone in the morning and two 15 minute calendar, uh, two 15 minute spot on my calendar in the afternoon. I'm buffering for absolutely nothing. So it can give room for like the give. Um, if anybody ever lived out West or place where they have earthquake, you know, sometimes a building is not rigid. They have opportunities to be able to be a little bit flexible. So it can kind of sway in case there's an earthquake or, or whatnot. And it's the same concept with your schedule. If it's like totally stacked, like you're talking about, you know, cause I've done that too, right? Mads, where we had every day, for 
12 hours, like back to back to back. And especially in the COVID era, you got these zoom, 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 zoom. <laughs> and it's like, next thing you know, you get a flat tire and the whole thing just collapse, so to speak, or some issues happen. But putting that block and I, in my team, we just put a block. We just, they know when they see block on a calendar, that's Donald has like, you know, open time for him to do stuff. Don't mess with that block. Um, just leave it there. It's as if it's a meeting itself, if that makes sense. Um, and obviously, sometimes I can absorb that, and you know, things will. You know, a meeting might run over, but I can take care of that. Or there may be another task that come up that I need to take care of. I was like, okay, I know I have some time later today at three o'clock today. I have a block. I'm going to go ahead and take care of that. You know what I mean? Um, but so the concept there is one: use the timing, that 15 minute chunk, and then two: plan room for error um, with that. And then the third piece, uh, the third one that I want to kind of go over when it comes to what we've been doing internally when it comes towards like planning is a lot of people don't do this, but it's the, it's kind of like giving like a daily recap and prepping for the next day. So looking at my day and saying, what did I accomplish today? And then what can I, can I plan for tomorrow? Because the last thing you want to do is plan tomorrow when tomorrow begins, begins plan it out today so I can help take care of the things that's going to be necessary for tomorrow. So the last 30 minutes of the day, take that few minutes or 20 minutes. And now you don't have to fully plan the next day. You can come in and you can get the degree the ground running. My top three things I want to get done in the morning, a blah, 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 because I did this yesterday. I put it on my calendar and um, make sure those were available. And also the, and tied with that is schedule in your fun times as well. I think it's good for our mindset these days, right? And our mental sanity. So I might schedule in, you know, Friday, we're having a team lunch. We're going to go out and get lunch. Or tomorrow, I'm going to schedule this. Like for me today, Mads, like at the end of today at 4.30, you know what I'm doing? I'm running to the beach. I'm, I'm, my, office, <laughs> my office is downtown and um, we are about, we're in West Palm Beach and, the, you know, the ocean. We run on Palm Beach Island. It's about a 2.3, about a three mile run altogether. So at the end of my day, that's my nice thing, 4.30. I got my gym bag, change out of my clothes, run into the ocean, and that's it. Um, my family will meet me there and pick me up. <laughs> so, nice. anyways, but that things like that, scheduling your your fun time because it gives you that mental break and a mental standard. So, those top three things is category planning out your days, categorizing those days, and then putting the date, uh, putting a specific task on the calendar at a specific time. Number two, making sure that you have a um, you have uh, the 15 minute chunk applying that concept, or you can use 30 minute chunks, whatever you want to do, but then giving yourself also some time for uh, room for error. And then the third piece is uh, making sure you have some time for fun. But in addition to that, um, not only the fun is uh, making sure that you, um, you um, losing my train of thought here. I just said it too, <laughs> but that okay. you, yeah, but you, 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 you have the, the time for fun, but in addition to that, you're making sure that you're planning effectively um, doing the right things um, and, and so forth. If you're doing this consistently, it's going to help you out. And when you have the team members who are remote, that makes such a big difference with your remote team members, because then now they're applying these things at home and you don't have to babysit anyone anymore because people know, but it must be a team culture that we plan and that we're organized. Um, and uh, it's planning your day before. That was a, the third one, planning your day before, as well as giving time for fun. But um, if you have this culture built into your organization, it helps everyone to be 
that a person will accountable for themselves. And then obviously getting the right team members too, like the mission, if you're going to have people that you're going to need to babysit, then you have a problem anyways on your team, but you get the right team members who are there for the vision. Like for instance, our vision, we believe that anyone can sell and can sell effectively, but a lot of people just don't know how to do so. Our mission is to be able to find those people and help them to recognize that there's a way that they can sell. And we want to guide them towards that path. So all of our team members, they do that. We strive for excellence in all that we do. And we know that planning is important so that we can best maximize our time to help the people to the most of our ability. So all of those things tie back towards our mission. When people are infused with that, they're going to work not because they have to, because they want to, they feel that vision. So anyways, thoughts, feelings, questions there on that? Totally. No, I I agree. And I, I, again, so much of particular entrepreneurial and it's often lack of management skill or management knowledge, right? But a lot of the time, entrepreneurs are, are very busy with, you know, focusing on the time and, and sometimes even the schedule. But my recommendation is always focus on output, right? So yeah. a schedule can definitely help people get a better output. But uh, reality is as a business, you're looking for the output, right? You're mm-hmm. looking for people to be worthwhile to the organization. And if that requires them to, you know, generate a certain output to be so, you're much, much better at focusing on the output from day one and making sure that that the organization is output driven rather than just focus on, you know, do this task, do this task and so on, right? But when, when you actually have an organization that's output driven, where the goals for each individual is what they need to deliver, then the whole scheduling piece also becomes a lot easier because you're basically just helping people be more effective. But the key thing for me is always get away from looking at the clock and focus on looking at the actual output that you're in need of, right? Good stuff, man. I love it. Excellent. Well, Donald, it's been an amazing conversation. But just before we finish off, do you have any great resources or anything that you know the audience could benefit from or, or that you really want to share with them? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of things that they can take advantage of. Uh, first, check out that book by Kevin Cruz, 15 Secrets Successful People Know About Time Management. I, I really like that one. I think you you may enjoy it as well. I get no kickbacks or anything from that, but I, I Kevin Cruz is a good guy. We have on our show and really love his book. And internally, we always use that. Another one is the the, uh, the 12-week year. Um, I know if anyone have read that one, but it's another fascinating book on the concept of being able to plan and uh, to, to organize. Um, I, I really, really love that it's helped to help our organization uh, tremendously. And then um, we also have a planner because I, the way that we described the planner, I didn't see, I couldn't find any planners that were relative to the way that I had it. So I, I was like, uh, forget it, screw it. So I created my own um, and we use that internally. So we were able to plan on one side, those different activities, and then the accountability side on the next page where you can put it into your task. And we have different ways of tallying. Um, so you can see overall performance on a day-to-day basis. How did I do relative to the number of things that I planned? How do I rank my day um, based on that? So if I've completed 99 out of the 10 things that I've deemed as important as me as a team member, um, you know, if I'm the graphic designer at TSE, I needed to get these 10 things designed. Then how did I grade myself? So you got a 90% for the day. So you got an A, congratulations. But, you know, that we, we started using that. So if you're ever interested in checking out that planner, want to learn more about it, feel free to just go ahead and drop me an email, donald at salesevangelist.com. Um, or you can go to the salesevangelist.com slash planner. Um, and we can uh, get you some information on that as well. But time is your time is money. Use it right. <laughs> awesome. Awesome, Donald. So the last thing is if people want to get hold of you, uh, 
you just shared your email address. Any other great ways to get a hold of you if people are eager to learn more? Yeah, you can follow me on social. Um, so you can see, get some sales tips. We produce a lot of content, um, especially since our podcast has been going for that long. So we share a lot of content on social media. But any Matt platform, I if you want to really, really, really want to get in touch with me, you can find me on Instagram. It's an easy way to communicate with me. Less people there but it's Donald C. Kelly. And if you want to connect with me, have a business conversation, I still control my conversations on LinkedIn. I do have team members help me out as well, but it's Donald C. Kelly on LinkedIn. So you can find me at both of those places. That's where I hang out the most. Perfect, Donald. Thank you very much for joining me today. Matt, thank you so much. And congrats on all the great stuff you guys are doing. And I would ask you, audience member, to if you're willing to help out Matt, it's a great podcast, as you can tell, and you're clearly listening to it regularly. I, and he probably won't ask for this all the time, but from an outsider, I'm telling you it's good stuff. Go ahead and leave him a rating and review. It goes such a long way for us content developers when people um, leave those. It, it just helps people who come afterwards see it. So if you want to give him a great gift, go ahead and do that. Leave a rating and review for this, um, for his podcast. And I know he'll appreciate that. So thank you, Matt. Excellent, Bottom. Thank you very much. And to everyone listening all the way to the end, thank you very much. We'll be back again next week. Thank you for listening to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Please leave a review. It means the world to us. You can also learn more about management at madsingers.com.